Welcome back to Ranking Things. Uh, this was a fun one. Um, had Daniel Giordano as and I, I, we kind of explain our relationship at the beginning. Um, uh, Daniel is a long, uh, obviously my my wife's cousin, and I've uh, known him a very long time. And uh, we both were homeschooled growing up, and so he asked to be on the show, and and we decided to do uh, true homeschooling stereotypes. That's essentially what this is. We call it homeschooling things, but this is stereotypes about homeschoolers that are true, um, and we talk about that through our um, experience. And um, yeah, it's a really fun, fun episode. Uh, we had a time limit that we had to get under, so we, it's a little shorter, but I think that's probably better. I don't know why people listen to how, how long this show is sometimes, but anyways, uh, this is the, uh, this is the second to last episode. So the next uh, one I post will be the finale and I'm pumped about it. I'm excited um, for the last episode and this has been uh, super fun. I'm going to I already enjoy these. It's been uh, two and a half years. It's fun to go back and listen to some of the older ones. Uh, so it's going to be fun to have. And I thank everyone who's ever been on the show and anyone who's ever listened. So uh, here is Homeschool Things with Daniel Giordano. Welcome back to Ranking Things with Levi. I'm Levi. And um, just safe to say, this is the last episode. That's that's how that's how I'm feeling right now. And... Um, We've been ranking a lot of stuff, and I've been kind of trying to tick off the last couple lists that I really wanted to do, and that gets me to Daniel Giordano. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Levi. Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be uh, to be with you for this last special episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking about this for the last couple of days. How to me, there's a there's a kind of a weird idea about cousins. So the word cousins. Um, can like it doesn't always exactly uh, you can be close or distant with cousins right you know what i mean yeah and um and for anyone who doesn't know daniel is jessica my wife's first cousin but but your family the the john family is like it's like you guys are like the closest kind of cousins with jess yeah absolutely so so where you say like yeah, that's my cousin, like Daniel, I would tell, if I was to introduce you to someone or like my podcast audience of three people here, <laughs> I would say that, well, Daniel is like my close, my, my close cousin, you know, that I married into, but we have a very close relationship is what I'm trying to say, but I don't really know how to describe that, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's like, uh, oh, we were talking the other day how Jess is kind of like the like Leanna is, Leanna is your older sister. Jess yep. is kind of like the oldest sibling that moved away early, you know, in a way. She's much older than you guys, but. Um, yeah, she really is. So we're the yeah, kind of cousins that are close. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, I, I would, uh, I would agree. I think it's almost that? been, Jess babysat Jess us. Jess babysat you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she babysat us for a number of right. years as we were growing up. Um, so we had a lot of good, good memories with Jess and right. that's how that's how I met you for the first time is when you guys were just dating. And, uh, I remember, right. You've known first you've day known you came here wrestling. Yeah, you've known me as right. Yeah. You've known me as, uh, Levi, the boyfriend, Levi, the fiance and Levi, Jessica's husband. Yeah. So we, we've had a long, we've had a long relationship, like a, whatever, 14, 15 year long relationship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been fun. It's been fun. You, uh, you have this this knack for getting involved in the intimate affairs of the generations below you, which uh, is a lot of fun, especially in love lives and you know different <laughs> dynamics. 
with Operation Onesimus and things like that. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. I care about the kids. <laughs> um, but anyways, I've been really looking forward to this. So we are ranking homeschooling stereotypes. And that's, we are clearly the two experts because we both homes have homeschooled through our whole educational careers. Um, I am a few years older than you. So I, I think that'll show up a couple times because we're, we're a generation apart, right? So I'm right. a generation ahead of you, which um, I think will affect our ranking. But so talk about homeschooling and how that has defined you. Yeah, that's a good question. So like you mentioned, I have never set foot as a student in a public school, you know? So my, my experience, like I don't really have much to compare it to. Um, it's funny because right. my girlfriend, Nicole, she's now a first grade teacher. And so she's talking about mm -hmm. all these regular public school experiences like, oh, ELA. And I'm like, what is ELA? You know, and she has all this, all this different jargon. And then you have these, you know, these periods and these meetings with the parents and it's all completely new to me. And it's, it's funny because that's been the vast majority of people's experience. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think it's interesting that I mean, Jess, uh, obviously my wife, your your cousin, your close cousin, um, has it, it also spent you know nine years as an educator in first the public school system and then in, in the charter school system, and yeah. um, and she never experienced either of those as well. She was homeschooled, I was homeschooled. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting how you know we we. I don't know, we have this different experience, but I think homeschooling has gone through, and this I think I wanted to point out on the top is that homeschooling has gone through a change from when I was homeschooling as a child to then when you were homeschooling as a child. Yeah. And now, now I feel like it's almost fully mainstream, especially with COVID, that yeah. like it, 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 it was weird. And that's what we're talking about, right? We're gonna talk about how it's <laughs> weird at times. It was like weird or funny or odd when you were homeschooling, it was like, I'm going to say it was weirder or funnier or odder when I was homeschooling. Really? And, uh, well, yeah, because, because my parents are like called hippies, like routinely, because if you're, <laughs> if you're pulling your kids out in the nineties, you know, it's a different, it's a different level of commitment. So shout out to Kelly, to, to Jeff and Kelly Jelena, who are listeners of the show. You know, I think, um, I think they underrate, you know, how unique it was to homeschool us at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, it, yeah. And it's still, it's still odd for for Alan and Ruth Ann, your parents. I think it's still odd, right? But now, now nowadays, especially after COVID, nowadays it's like, oh, totally normal. Totally to your kids. I think I think you're exactly right with the rise of online learning yeah. in general. Yeah. I think we're gonna see the next generations coming up that being a much more uh, reasonable option without all the the stereotypes associated that we'll we'll get into, <laughs> right? So we're ranking the top five uh, homeschool stereotypes. So we're ranking homeschool things um, and we're gonna rank homeschool stereotypes. We've, we've decided to rank all true stereotypes. Mm. So this is stereotypical and the fact is that it's true and we're willing to admit it, right? Which is tough, and it's, it's a tough one. <laughs> it's a tough one. So, um, and we both had, again, full homeschooling careers I, um, I'm just gonna, I wanna run through my resume super quick and then I want you to do yours too, just sure. as briefly as you can and as in English, you know, as in general, general population understanding as you can. So I uh, was homeschooled from the beginning. Mom did it alone until about third grade. Then we had an independent study uh, 
program, which was actually kind of like tailored for Hollywood kids initially mm -hmm. from about third, third or fourth grade yep. to about 10th to about 10th grade. But by that time we joined like a co-op, um, like a park day, you know, which I think is a, is a critical homeschooling thing to understand, just like a yeah. social group yep. that would do, do, uh, um, um, you know, field trips and things like that. Uh, so I, we bounced around through a couple of groups. Uh, and then I, I started community college early. So I started community college at 15 and a half. And by the time I was 16 and a half, I was full-time community college, double dipping. as a That's the way to do it. As quick as possible. Can you do your, your career, your educational career? Yes. Um, in, in, in English for people who have not gone through homeschooling. Yeah, I definitely can. So I started school at about four. Mom taught me That's just, right. just yeah. working with mom. Uh, and we pretty quickly, right off the bat, we started joining other homeschool groups because my older sister, Leanna, had already had two years um, with mom teaching her. So probably around five-ish, we started joining some other homeschool groups where we'd do other things like gym class, art, music. Uh, we had a thing called hobby time as well. And I was a part of this, this co-op for uh, a number of years, almost all the way through high school. Um, and then through the elementary and middle school grades, we were also involved with a bunch of other different programs. Like we did gymnastics, um, which right. might come up. We did gymnastics for a while, which is funny <laughs> if you know me, because I have touched my toes twice in my life. Um, I'm not a very flexible person, but, uh, yes. And then we just, we had a bunch of different, uh, groups that we joined over time. We had science clubs, uh, and then into high school as moms, uh, you know, as she wasn't able to teach certain things as well as the coursework got more complex. Um, she's a chemistry major, so she's able to do a lot of the sciences. Um, we would take online classes and do, do more things through homeschool groups. So I took a lot of things online. I took German for three years from an online school, uh, you know, economics, US history, government, constitution. Um, that, that might be a big difference between us is that I didn't, I, I was not of the online schooling generation, mm -hmm. but, but again, I was, I, I rushed into community college. Like Jessica has a different experience in that she essentially graduated high school two years early and then just wow. worked and took like, like very few community college classes for two years getting ready to, she, she initially <laughs> wanted kind of a classic four year university experience. Um, met and married me after her first year, or sorry, we were married, I guess, uh, after her third year, and we had one year of her at oh, wow. Montclair State. Um, so we had one year of her learning at Montclair State before she graduated, um, but I was graduated at the time. Anyways, that was a, I think it's worth saying all that timeline because I think we do need to flex a little bit about how deep you know, how, how deep of homeschoolers you and I go. Like we are pretty hardcore homeschoolers. Very serious. Well ingrained in the whole homeschooler community. <laughs> but hopefully we're also, uh, you know, developed enough to be able to relate so, to the rest of you lovely listeners. <laughs> so we're talking, we're talking about um, true stereotypes because I think, you know, you and I, you know, as a, um, as a, um, <laughs> I don't know. I was gonna say like as like white males, we we have experienced you know discrimination as homeschoolers. And yes. I'm just gonna say it's you know, and I think I I'm saying this in all respect to people who have 
<laughs> I'm going to say this in all respect to people who have experienced actual oppression, um, <laughs> because uh, this is not actually real and a joke that I'm saying. But I think we've experienced oppression in a way too, you know, as homeschoolers. There have been a lot of, uh, I, I would play baseball with the kids in town. There'd be so many questions. I don't want to like talk about those questions just yet, but we get, we get peppered with, with a judgment left, right and center, you know, but we took it on the chin. <laughs> we're tough. We're tough. So, um, so we're going <laughs> to, we're going to go through the top five true stereotypes and just, just, you know, to self-actualize, to recognize that we know, you know, we're aware, you know, and, uh, it's an introspective position we're taking, you know, yeah. the self, self-improvement. Yeah. It's honest. It's mature. Exactly. Um, there's no bitterness at all, actually. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> none. So, <laughs> so we're going to go five to one, um, true, uh, homeschool stereotypes. Uh, it starts with you, your number five. All right. My number five is homeschoolers do not know how to run. Okay. Allow me to explain myself. So running is actually <laughs> running is actually a complicated thing. There's form to it. You have to know how to move your arms in sync with your legs <laughs> the right way. And something that we experience as homeschoolers is we might not be running necessarily with as many kids as the public schoolers do in gym class which means we also don't face the same level of criticism uh, that maybe a public schooler might, might have. The typical public school progression is you're, you're a little six-year-old, you're running, and someone says, why are you running like that? That's silly. And then you correct, you adapt, and you're, you're good to go. You're a regular human being. Um, now, where the, the problem is with homeschoolers, we don't necessarily have that same level of uh, judgment from all, those, all the you know, other kids around us. So we end up running, you know, with arms flailing all around. Uh, just watch some homeschoolers run and you'll, you'll start to pick up on some differences there. Uh, yeah. My sister in gymnastics got the nickname shopping bags from our gymnastics instructor because she ran with her arms out. Um, and so that nickname stuck with her for, for a long time. So that's my number five. Homeschoolers <laughs> don't know how to run. It's funny. I actually, I literally, while you're talking, texted someone. <laughs> uh, who I know from my past, who uh, made a logo that's like a, a ripoff John Deere logo that said nothing runs like a homeschooler. <laughs> and um, because you just hit on a truth, like that could be number one, um, but also aligns with my number five. But, um, hmm. but yes, I mean, that is the classic joke. So that, that that's probably should be higher. So my number five is not athletically inclined. Hmm. So it is true. I think it's a stereotype. I think it's a stereotype that's true. Okay. that uh, homeschoolers are just not athletically inclined. So my example is when I was in the essentially the eighth grade uh, where I was 13 or 14, I was like far and away the second most athletic person in my group, which if you judge that to when I'm 8, 19, 20 through 33 is not even close to the truth. Like, uh, <laughs> so I, I, I definitely experienced big fish in a small pond when it comes to athleticism and uh i think that's a fair it's just it's it's just a fair stereotype it's, it's fair yes not not the you know the athletically elite uh probably need you know probably should go to public school where there's a better you know education for those who uh who want to excel at uh, sports or whatever yeah i regrettably could uh could agree with that 
<laughs> I'm not a physical specimen myself. I'm, I love a good sport, but uh, we have fun. I, all right, I see that. So, so that's my. So it, it, it's a similar, similar but different to, uh, to nothing. To nothing runs like a homeschooler. It, um, but yeah, so that's that's my number five. Mm. Um, so your number four. My number four is that homeschoolers are Christian. Oh, interesting. So I think there is this stereotype and there is this narrative that is mostly true in that most homeschoolers are Christian. And maybe this is because I am Christian and those are the types of people that I hang out with in those homeschool circles. But from my experience, uh, I would say 99.9, like the hand sanitizer, 99.9% of my uh, homeschool uh, friends are Christian. And I think, I think this, you know, translates into a lot of different things. Uh, probably it's, it's because parents maybe aren't a big fan of the school system in their area. Maybe you could speak to this a little bit as well. Part of it is, I believe, because parents want to, you know, raise their kids a little bit differently than they think, you know, someone else might at school. Uh, maybe I'm mischaracterizing that. Um, but I would say, I would say motives aside, I think it is fairly common to find that homeschoolers are Christian. So I had a very different experience. I, I don't, I don't hmm. like expressly disagree with you, but my homeschool group was essentially extreme or orthodox versions of the religious group that, 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 that family might subscribe to. Hmm. So um, more, I, I grew up with some like, hardcore like you know hardcore mormons hardcore uh, jewish families um oh wow yeah christians um yeah. And, and even even one like uh muslim family and i think i i don't want to say extremist because i think extremist would lead to not associating with other people at all but um you know but but taking your religion very seriously i would say is definitely a, a true stereotype about homeschooling um and that's even led to you know what we've seen in our community just uh christelphian schools as well that have right. popped up um which uh which yeah i mean if you're going to spend your time you know with your and that's definitely jeff and kelly john's motivation for homeschooling was just more time with their kids yeah um, you know to that's what my parents said as well right and um uh so yeah i think that's fair i think i think I, again, like to, to get to a true homeschooling uh, place, you, yeah, you have to have some pretty strong motivations. You know, you, you want to be someone who wants to, to buck the system, you know, in a way. And that, that can be definitely motivated uh, religiously. Yeah, so, I think it's a good you know, observation. I, I think fair stereotype. Uh, my number four is uh, homeschoolers are avid readers. I think, I think like, I think like yeah. reading... Just reading in generally, in general, is um, boring or lame for public schoolers, but like super cool for homeschoolers. Like, oh, have you read every book in this series? Of course, because <laughs> I'm, I'm a good kid. And like public schoolers is like, what is reading? I don't even care. You know, what's the latest TV show? So, I mean, I, I, I you know, there might be some bitterness in that statement I just said, but <laughs> I would say, uh, I would say homeschoolers are, are stereotypically read definitely big readers mm. that's consistent i would say that's consistent with my experience as well 
Yeah. You know, there's there's a, almost a whole nerd culture surrounding books in the homeschool yes. underground realm. That's <laughs> <laughs> my number four. What's your number three? My number three, and this one I regret to say as well, but homeschoolers are sheltered. Okay. That, now, that one features in my top three as well. Ah, all right. Well, here's my reasoning behind it. I would say it's partially true and it depends on the homeschooler. That's my, uh, that's my clause here, but homeschoolers are sheltered. At least I was sheltered in certain ways in that I really never learned about drugs. I really never learned about STDs, you know, sex ed really wasn't a thing. (laughs) Um, there, there were, uh, I feel like a lot of things that get discussed in public school really never made its way around my, uh, my homeschool circles. And uh, I was definitely peer pressured a little bit by my public school, my public school pals for, you know, not being on the, uh, you know, cutting edge of the latest terminology and, and words that were being used. Um, so in that sense, I would say, and, and, and even pop culture when I was younger, that's, that has since changed. But I would say in, in, in that respect, homeschoolers, at least myself, regrettably, well, actually not regret, regrettably, uh, was sheltered. Yeah, so sheltered is a loaded quest, you know, loaded statement. Like you're saying, so um, I, I want to hold off on, on mine because uh, I think like, yeah, like uh, missing out on pop culture or, you know, idioms and, and how to talk about stuff. Um, I, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm kind of struggling with what you're saying. Like, uh, yes, the, the answer is yes. You don't, you don't, you, what you, what you may learn at eight or nine or 10 at public school, you may learn at 12 or 13 or 14 in, 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 uh, in homeschool essentially. Yeah, I would, I would say so there's, a, there's a bit of a lag there on some stuff like that. There's definitely a lag. Yeah. But I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold. I'm going to get to uh, that's my number two is uh, on general in general, uh, homeschoolers are mature. So I think there's a so which is in contrast, so kind of what you're saying. But there is a, I think it's totally true that you can basically tell a homeschooler, a homeschooled eight-year-old, basically immediately. Like there's something, and there's been studies done about this and books mm. written about this, that like an, like an, eight, an eight-year-old homeschooler will look you right in the eyes and talk to you and have opinions on things. An eight-year-old public schooler may not. Like there's a maturity, a, comfort, a, 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 a level of comfort around adults that is not really encouraged in the public school and i experienced that i mean i think you experienced that too just kind of a, just a comfort and outgoingness outgoing level um with people yeah that's true i guess because because you're, you're conditioned to deal with people in different ages from the beginning Definitely. you're not you're not called Definitely. a third grader or a fourth grader or a ninth grader you know for your mm-hmm. whole life that is a big difference you're right you know homeschoolers there's not a lot in our typical age range so you often play up or play down mostly you play up right right so i'm gonna i'm gonna mix up the order just to skip over maturity i'm gonna go to my number two which is that homeschoolers are socially stunted and in some cases Ah. mortal mortally so (laughs) Hmm. um i 
I think ah, that went there. there's a risk. There's just a risk that uh, that some homeschool families uh, or homeschooled children uh, should not have been removed from peer pressure in the public system and end up not being able to uh, learn uh, social ethics, graces, whatever, social ability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, like you, you talked about, um, what, was, what was your exact phrasing again? Your exact wording was uh, for number three. Number three is homeschoolers are sheltered. It's an sheltered. extreme take. Yeah. It's, it's a hot, hot, hot take, but I'm saying like, I think sheltered just means that you learn something later. I guess I'm saying in number two that there is, there's a risk in all homeschoolers that you're just permanently damaged and so not damaged, but just it really takes it out of you. Right. Um, and just by the way, I, at this point, I want to take an aside. If you've listened to this far of the episode, okay, you're a parent and you are thinking about uns, quote unquote unschooling your child. Okay, listen to this. Or you're a parent who's decided to unschool someone. You got to stop it right. You got to stop it right now. Right. Right here. This is an intervention. Okay. Your child needs structure. No, I don't care what your principles are. Very different. Okay, back up. So, <laughs> well, it's just totally, it's just totally different. If you're unschooling, you're just putting your child to pastor and, you know, they're not making that out. Of, they're not making it out alive in that one, in my opinion. From my, from my view on the other side, when I had to socialize with those people at sometimes, it's just yeah. like, oh boy. That's when it gets dangerous. That's when it gets, you know, a little, a little sketchy. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, so I guess we're, we're dancing around this, but yeah, there's a, there's a, it, it's definitely true that there's a social interaction issue. There's a um, sheltering issue that needs to be actively addressed um, by parents or communities. Right? I would say this point, your number two here is probably the most, uh, heavily debated topic among homeschoolers or, or about homeschoolers in general, maybe even not debated, but it's very polarized um, because I think we'll find people that are homeschooled on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, there, there are some people who, you know, maybe do are a little bit challenged uh, socially in, in some ways. Yeah. Um, and there are others who have an easier time with it uh, to the degree that you would have no idea that they were, quote unquote, homeschooled as the social perception uh, goes. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean, I, I, I'm aware that we're, yeah, we're dancing on the line here. I just think uh, it does need to be addressed. I mean, like the, uh, you know, the home, the, the classic, classic homeschooler does exist. Um, Regrettably. And it's a real threat. You know, that's, that is, gotta uh, be aware. That is true. Be aware as a parent. But again, it's, it's becoming, it's becoming more mainstream, you know, who knows after COVID, especially, you know, maybe, maybe the, uh, maybe that homeschool is just a thing of the past. The, I would say the key, just cause I, I don't have this on my list. Cause I was a little bit, uh, you know, it's a pretty serious one. I'd say the, the key to having a socially, if I was to self-assess or maybe look critically, okay. perhaps the key is to have you know, lots of things that the kids are involved with, you know, I think that's the biggest difference is the ones that are involved with lots of different activities 
do fine. And the ones who aren't involved and stay home all the time is, uh, you know, that's when it gets a little bit harder. Yeah, that's where the extracurriculars become really big. Right. So I, I jumped the gun and did my three and two. So homeschools are generally more mature and homeschoolers also run the risk of being socially stunted. That's my number three, my number two. You got, what is your number two? All right, my number two is that homeschoolers don't have a dating life. Now this, this, is, a, this is a hot take, you know? But I wanna, I wanna go there. I can't even imagine what your number one is. <laughs> go there. You're gonna, you're gonna have to find out. I just think that it's pretty true across the board that typically homeschoolers are way later to the dating game. Um, now, maybe I'm just speaking for my, my personal experiences in my homeschool groups, but there was maybe one edgy couple that would come up, you know, in the middle school, high school uh, years. Well, like early, you know, I'd say between grades eight and uh, eight and 10 in that range. I, I would think you'd be hard pressed to find homeschoolers that are dating in that age range. Uh you know, there's a little bit more separation sometimes, I think, between between genders. I don't really know why exactly. I was a uh, I was a believer of cooties when I was younger. So that was uh, that was something that definitely caused some uh, separation there. But that's my number two. Homeschoolers don't have a dating life. <laughs> You're processing. So <laughs> Just kind of dealing. So, uh, so you think it's true that homeschoolers are lonely, just on general stereotypically? No, I think uh, from my experience, homeschoolers are fairly well adjusted, but it's dating is is lower on the priority list. It's lower on the totem pole than it okay. is maybe for yeah. public schoolers or, or uh, private schoolers. Okay. Yeah, I think. I mean, we we might be balling that all in with the, uh, um, you know, religiously extreme and the uh, maturity and the social stunting you know it's all a yep. it's a it's a it's a ball of twine that may be impossible to unravel exactly what's going on that's a beautiful um, analogy you know but we're all unique snowflakes in a way um my number so then what's your number one okay so my number one is uh is that homeschoolers have flexible education now i'll explain that a little bit there <laughs> is there is a negative uh, sentiment that for homeschoolers, education is willy nilly, you know, you do whatever you want, you do it whenever you want. Um, and I'm not speaking to that necessarily. What I am saying is that it is definitely true that homeschoolers, at least for me, does school in bed sometimes, yeah. does school with PJs on uh School start time is flexible. You know, it's not a regimented 8 a.m. that you have to start. For us, the rule is as long as you're getting your school done, you know, you can do it whenever you want in the day. Typically, that means you do it in the morning and hopefully you get it done in time to be able to have a nice afternoon and evening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but things are very flexible. You know, we would take some some school days to, you know, <coughs> bird watching tour or something like that. Right. Random activities right. would count as school days. Um, so I would say, I would say that's very true. Positive is that ed, school is a lot more flexible 
when you're a homeschooler and not in a, not in a, you do less of it. Cause that's not the case at all. For those of you who don't know, you have to take uh, standardized tests yeah. most years. It depends by state. Yeah. Um, and it compares you to public school tests so that you can figure out where you, you need to improve uh, for parents. Yeah. I think so that's uh, my number one. Okay. Yeah. I think you're number one. Yeah. I think uh, the flexible work thing, like little did we know that would become the entire economy in the last two years, especially, you know, like, yeah, parent, yeah. you know, a homeschool education recognizing that like, okay, you need to complete your work. It does not necessarily need to be between nine and three. Right. You know, has right. uh, like, was, it was very prescient, mm-hmm. which is a fancy word to say, um, you know, foretelling of the future. Uh, at least I think that's what prescient means, which leads me to my number one, which I think <laughs> um, stereotypically homeschoolers are more intelligent than other people. Oh, you did it. It's just, it's just, listen, your parents aren't going to take you out of school if you're dumb. So they're going to leave you in the system and just leave you like cattle through the, through the uh, processing. And just the fact is that on average, there are exceptions, but on average, in general, um, you're going to need to be, you know, you you know, it's going to work better if you're in the higher level of uh, IQ or intelligence. I mean, that's just, uh, you know. That's just facts. I'm so proud that you put this as your number one. <laughs> That's my number one. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the most true stereotype. Like I tell people, oh, I, yeah, and then I graduated college at uh, 20 and a half. Like, how'd you do that? I said, well, I'm not that smart, but I mean, I started college early. I don't know. I'm a little bit smart. I don't know. You know, we got a little, I'm a little above average, you know? I think, do the little uh, dance. Do the little dance. I just, I just think, you know, hey, I mean, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm a little something, something a little bit better. So uh, I think, you know, you can't be fantastic hand gestures with that, uh, back <laughs> and forth. Yeah, I guess it's not a, I guess you can't see, but uh, I'm a little shruggy and moving my hand side to side. But I mean, I, it's just obvious that homeschooling doesn't work, you know, if you uh, are below average, is what I'm saying. I'd, I have to agree. It's, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I, I included some myths here, some homeschool okay. myths. And yeah. my number one myth is that homeschoolers aren't intelligent. <laughs> there you go. That fits right with my number one. So we're, uh, we're, we're right in line there. My, my number one true statement. Obviously, our, our bias, I admit our bias here. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's uh, safe to say that the number one stereotype is that homeschoolers are in some way gifted is uh, generally true. See, I thought I thought the stereotype was the opposite. At least that's what I've heard from uh, some of my public school friends. Well, but I uh, I definitely source. heard that. I've What's had your... uh, there it. were some other homeschool some of our homeschool friends. One of them has a job working at Google now. Another mm-hmm. one's working on like his PhD in electrical engineering. You definitely have like some crazy yeah. smart kids that end up coming up through the the homeschool world yeah absolutely um what's uh what's you said you had another myth i had another myth my second myth uh something that gets asked a lot when i was in high school is do you take your sister to prom in your living room and the answer (laughs) is no i did not take my sister to prom in the living room thank you very much I went to a nice golf resort with a girl that I asked to prom and uh, there were 60 people there and it was great. It was fantastic. So no, 
I did not go to prom <laughs> with my sister. Thank you very much. I appreciate your bitterness. Um, I didn't go to any school dances ever, so I, maybe I, maybe that's a ten year ten year age difference. Or the next maybe generation. No one, or maybe no one wanted to take me to any dances. <laughs> uh, let's recap your top five, five to one. Okay, top five, five to one. Homeschoolers don't know how to run. Number mm-hmm. five. Number four, homeschoolers are Christian. Number three, homeschoolers are sheltered. Number two, homeschoolers don't have a dating life. Number one, homeschoolers have flexible education. Right. My top five are uh, number five, homeschoolers are not athletically inclined. Homeschoolers, number four is homeschoolers are avid readers. Number three is homeschoolers are more mature on average. Uh, Number two, homeschoolers are normally socially stunted in some ways, and in some cases, mortally. And number one, homeschoolers are more intelligent. Again, just on average. So, um, well, that's good. I, I'm, we, yeah, we, we knocked that out. I think that's exactly, uh, you know, that really covers it. We're basically the two world experts on homeschooling, so. I think so. I, I think we're about <laughs> as qualified as you could get in the homeschool realm. I think we uh, fleshed it out pretty well. I, I ragged on it a little bit, but I, I definitely did enjoy my homeschool experience. I think there are a lot of really great, you know, pros to it. Yeah. And I wonder about, uh, I have just the one two-year-old, you are not yet married or producing children, but I do wonder what we decide to do, you know, over the next yeah. 10 years. Because as homeschooling becomes more mainstream, like, does, yeah. is it going to change public education? You know, who even knows? Um, there's a lot to see. All right, let's get into the uh, extra topic. So you have an eating lately sports take. Do you have a parent corner? Yeah, I have a parent corner. Oh, great. Yeah, let's do a parent corner. We're gonna, we're gonna find out. All right, what are you eating lately? All right, so I have a basic and an exciting. What I'm eating lately regularly is I usually start off the day with a bowl of raspberry oatmeal, so. Okay, describe how you make that oatmeal. When I was younger, I used to get some milk and I would steam it in a pan and then I'd pour the oats in and make a nice creamy oatmeal and then add the, the things on top. Now I, uh, I throw on the kettle, I boil some water, I pour it, pour some rolled oats into a cup and then add the hot water and frozen raspberries and call it a day. And you mix that for a while and that, that's breakfast? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's smart because the raspberry is pretty ex- an extreme flavor by itself. Cutting it with the oatmeal probably makes sense. Because mm-hmm. the oatmeal is pretty basic, honestly. Right. You know, it, it's pretty yeah, much yeah. just the texture that gives you some right. fuel to run off for the day. So it, yeah. when I add the raspberry, you don't have to add a ton of sweetener to it. I don't add any right. sweetener to it. I just go with raspberries. Right. And uh, it makes So you have raspberry oatmeal. Do you have to eat again before lunchtime? No. Okay. I usually pour probably a cup and a half of oats into a okay. bowl. That's a lot of oats. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's right. a, that a pretty sizable amount. Yeah. All right. So I really go that for sounds, it. That's good. You know, Pippa loves oatmeal. Oatmeal is her true passion. Really? Yeah. What does she eat with it? It's always some kind of fruit. Um, blueberries, raspberries, strawberries, blackberries, um, pears. Those are the options. Sometimes she gets a combination, but man, she houses the oatmeal. Like, uh, incredible amounts of oatmeal she eats. I can see that. Um, my, what I eat eating lately is olives. I'm back on olives. I just, olives. I got three kinds of olives in the fridge. I love olives. Olives to me are like, I'm going to throw in three, four olives just in another cup right now and eat them. Like I just snack on them. No way. Yeah. I love olives. Oh, I, I think it's a salt thing. Um, 
Olive's delicious. So I've always been a fan of Olive's. I've just been on wow. a little bit of an extra Olive kick recently. Your, your face you... of disgust is extreme. I wish I wish we were doing a video. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm not really an Olive guy. I can, I can hardly handle the smell. So if you were to give me one reason why I should try Olive's. Well, do you like salt? I think you have to like yeah. salt. Yeah, definitely. I could eat a good pretzel. Well, then, then I don't know what's preventing you from liking olives. Olives are just salt. Maybe. Just salty, fleshy deliciousness. All so, right. I'll, uh, I'll be open-minded towards that. I, I think you should try it. I think you should give olives another chance. All right, what's your uh, hot sports take? My hot sports take is, so we have the NFL playoffs going on right now, and mm -hmm. The Cleveland Browns have just made it into the playoffs and they've advanced past the first round, which they haven't been in almost two decades to the playoffs. This is a big deal for those of you who aren't uh, following was football right now. So my mm -hmm. hot take is that the Cleveland Browns will beat the Kansas City Chiefs, the, the defending Super Bowl champs, in the next round. Ah. They have an 18% chance to do it, but I think it's going to happen. That was a pretty amazing game. So it, it, uh, my hot sports take is NFL related. Um, so the Cleveland Browns put up like 28 points on the Steelers yep. in the first quarter, which is unreal. Yep. Um, it's four, four touchdowns, um, which is really amazing. Um, and that was, yeah, that was quite a, quite a game. Um, they were not at all favored as far as, you know, Vegas odds or whatever. Um, they really worked them. Um, my hot sports take is though, Speaking of the football and the football playoffs, I watched uh, maybe parts of four games, I think, last weekend. Oh, wow. Uh, which, which was my first time watching NFL this year, basically. And my hot sports take is um, football still sucks as a TV product. It is so boring. Really? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand watching it. Like, I watch a lot of sports. I'm a big sports fan. You know, it's a part of the you podcast. Are. You are. And um, just NFL is rough. Like, it's as a as a you sit there watching tv like i need like four of the things going on because you barely have to pay attention i mean like anyways it's just so just sports fans please open please open your mind like basketball soccer way better i think baseball is better just out of the out of the because they, they're not even pretending to be to be full of a lot of action you know that's like, what i was gonna ask yeah nfl nfl is baseball except they act like they're being athletic and I'm just, I'm out on that, you know? Baseball is just like, it's not for pomp and circumstance, but you know, we're sitting there all having a good time watching and you could just, it's the same pace as the NFL. Anyways. That's a I'm little curious. known, that's a little I'm talked curious. about point. It's a little talked about point, but it's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. So I probably won't watch the, the playoffs until, until the Super Bowl again, but it was, it was fun to put on, I guess, in the background, but that's what it is. It's a background sport. It's not, it does not enthrall me at all. Interesting. All right, you have a parent corner? Yeah, you know, so uh, I don't have kids. I'm 21. That's not in the works for a very long time, hopefully. And But I will say that sometimes I do think a little bit about parenting in general. I just think mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing. It's that's such a mm -hmm. big part of your life. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is probably a little bit weird that me and my friends talk about this sometimes. But me and uh, I'll drag him in there. Me and my buddy Josh Budney, we were talking the other day. Uh, thinking about the fact that you can have parents who are really, really good at something, you know, maybe, maybe it's a profession, maybe, maybe someone's really good at, at sales or, or math or something. And then the kids 
or, or, or maybe even spiritually, you know, and then, and then kids end up uh, maybe going in completely different directions than the parents sometimes. And I think if in the, the Kings, in the Bible, a lot of times you have Kings that were righteous and then their kids were, you know, completely different and then, and then vice versa. And so we were talking about how it's, it's interesting that that can happen because maybe a basic assumption would be that, you know, your kids could follow a similar path that you do. Um, and kind of the moral or the takeaway that we were thinking is just how important it is to invest in, you know, teaching and working with your kids. Um, you know, like, like they're not just going to develop the same skills that you've worked your, that, you know, that we've worked our whole life to, to acquire. Um, it, it takes an investment of time and energy to be able to pass on, you know, different perspectives, things that, you know, we learn through life. Um, so those, that's a, those are 21 year old perspectives on uh, a very future reality. Well, that's, that's pretty good though. I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it, it's, it is fascinating as a parent, like even I have a two and a half year old, even just like, she's not going to learn. Like, I think what you're kind of saying is I think sometimes you might understand just trusting that they're going to learn from you by osmosis. Right. right. And I think exactly. it does take active work. And I've recognized that even with how young Pippa is like, I need to invest the time, energy, effort, focus, right, uh, into her and not just assume that just like, which I think is a silly pride, prideful thing to think, but just assuming by osmosis, she's just going to pick up, right, like Jessica's good parts and and my okay parts, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, yeah, you're you're totally right, it takes a, you know, parenting is very active, Um, it can't really be reactive or you know, or just like assume that's naturally going to happen. Well, my parent corner, a little bit of a compromising story. So I'm going to speak this uh, with a little bit of um, um, special wording. So I was preparing to get in the shower um, the other day. I like where I was, I was in the bathroom and uh, we happened to have an Alexa in our bathroom. Uh, they can play music. And when I was about to step into the shower, Pippa walked in and said, because I, I didn't leave the door closed because Jessica was out, actually out for a walk. So Pippa was yeah. supposed to be um, um, recreating on the bed, just hanging out. But instead okay. she decided to barge into the bathroom at, you know, not an ideal time. Oh, no. And uh, she, said in, she said in perfect English, <laughs> Alexa, Tingle Bell, please play Tingle Bell Rock. <laughs> And then Alexa proceeded to just play Jingle Bell Rock. Yeah. And uh, Pippa turned her face towards me, put her thumb in her mouth, just started sucking her thumb. And I just uh, stepped into the shower. There's nothing I could do. But it was the first time that Pippa um, successfully had Alexa play a song for her um, with no help from us. Obviously, I was in no mood to help. And, ah. uh, it was pretty wild. She just she just played a song, like a song she wanted to hear. I see, I see. And um the timing was funny for me, right? You know? But uh, no redirection there, yeah. Yeah, but um, but it was pretty. It was it was it, it, it was hilarious. Just, I mean, it was it was literally I think yesterday, day before. So you know, two weeks after Christmas, she's still rocking uh, Jingle Bell Rock, but uh, she loves it. So it was My just girl. it was just yeah, it was pretty funny. It was uh, hilarious. That is fun. Yeah. Thanks. I just kind of I just kind of got in the shower and laughed. So, so yeah, that was that was a good parent corner. I like that. 
I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's that's probably a thing that's gonna gonna happen a few times. Yeah. Well, thanks, Daniel. Thanks for coming on, uh, ranking things. I'm glad we uh, uh, worked this out. You know, as the world world leaders in uh, homeschooling thinking. Of course. And, uh, thank you. Thank you for having me on this on the show. Please. I've been a fan <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. So um, yeah. Thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Absolutely. Take care.